You are Locked On Seahawks, your daily Seattle Seahawks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is going on, football fans? Thank you very much for being here for this crossover Thursday episode of Locked On Saints and Locked On Seahawks. We appreciate you so much for making us your first listen of the day every day. We are free and available on all podcast apps and on YouTube as well. For this crossover edition of Locked On Saints and Locked On Seahawks, you've got Corbin K. Smith at Corbin Smith NFL on Twitter and myself, Ross Jackson at Ross Jackson Nola on Twitter, your host of Locked On Seahawks and Locked on saints again we appreciate you very much for making us a part of your day and we are also going to take a moment to say thank you to our friends over at prize picks as today's episode is brought to you by prize picks as are all crossover thursday shows here across the lockdown podcast network prize picks is so much fun and it's super easy to play you're not competing with other players you're not going up against mystery lineups or anything like that it's just you versus projections that are available. You simply pick two to five players, and then you choose whether or not they're going to come in at more or less than their prize picks projections. And then if you get all of those right, you can win up to 10 times your entry. I could literally take like 60 seconds to get your entry in. So in the time that I've talked about this, you could already be making money. It's that easy. We love prize picks and we know that you will too. So for first time users, you're going to be able to get a 100% into deposit match of up to $100 by using the promo code locked on. It's over at prizepicks.com. Promo code locked on. Corbin, this is uh, going to be a fun week five matchup between these two teams, neither of which exactly what folks expected coming into the NFL uh, season. I think for the Saints, that's probably on the negative side. I think for the Seahawks, it's probably on the positive side. Uh, we always start off with the biggest story for each team. So for your Seahawks, what's the biggest story for them coming into this matchup? Well, I could sit here and talk about how incredible the offense looks right now. Geno mm -hmm. Smith is out there, dare I say, cooking and winning <laughs> NFC Offensive Player of the Week. But at the end of the day, the thing that is really limiting this team from reaching its potential is the defense. Can they get off the field? They just gave up 45 points to the Detroit Lions, who were missing their top two receivers and their number one running back in DeAndre Swift. They let the Lions just move up and down the field on them, and they started the game really well. They had two three-and-outs, and this has been their luck. First three-and-out that they got, they only had one three-and-out the first three games combined, by the way. So getting two of them in a row, that was a miracle in itself. But Tyler Lockett fumbles the punt after the first three-and-out, and then the Lions have a 32-yard touchdown the very next play. So, whoop, that three-and-out didn't matter. And then they gave up a fake punt pass completion on the second one that extended the drive the Lions went down and got a field goal so even when they're getting stops they're not getting stops and right. so you take away a few turnovers that created last week they probably don't win that game despite the excellence of Geno Smith for Sean Penny this defense 38 drives this year 17 of them have been in the red zone nearly 50 percent that has got to get fixed. This defense still has enough talent, even without Jamal Adams. They've certainly missed him more than they did the last two years when he's missed games, injured. Maybe it's the scheme change. Maybe it's just the young personnel around uh, his position. But whatever it is, this team struggled with run defense. The run fits have been awful. They've given up more explosives than anybody, and their tackling has been atrocious. They improved their last week, but still were not great. 
So Pete Carroll, can your defense start to step up? You are known as a defensive coach. He's got to find a way, his defensive coordinator, Clint Hurt's got to find a way to get this group to play up to its potential because I don't think that this group right now without Jamal Adams is a top five or top 10 defense, but they certainly shouldn't be number 31 or number 32 Mm. with the talent they have on that side of the ball and the coaches they have on the staff. Can they figure that out in New Orleans? Yeah, I think that's going to be a big part of what you're looking for for the New Orleans Saints too. I mean, I think that I think a lot of New Orleans Saints fans that just heard you say that, you know, it, it was disappointing to see the Seahawks go three and out two times in a row. Uh, probably all just moaned and groaned because the Saints right now lead the league in three and outs. And that's probably where the biggest story is going into this game is how will this offense be able to match up against the Seattle defense, which has given up some explosives, but also has some very talented players there. I think Tariq Woolen looks like the real deals. Many of us knew he would. But I think that the Saints team, particularly over on the offensive side, particularly in the first half, they haven't really been able to get anything going. They've scored only, what, two scores so far in the first half, in their four in, in their first three quarters of their last four games. It's not been going well for them, or rather in the first half of their four games. It's not been going well for them over there. And who's going to be the guy at quarterback? Is Jameis Winston healthy enough after one week off to step back into the starting role for New Orleans, or will it be Andy Dalton? And Andy Dalton did okay leading the Saints offense last week. He did excellent in the second half. But to start off the game, they had one good drive, and then the rest was kind of business as usual for the New Orleans Saints offense, which struggles to finish drives, which struggles to put together big plays, and which struggles to build a rhythm. So there's a lot over on that offensive side that you're going to be looking forward to seeing the New Orleans Saints hopefully be able to figure out a way to get right, whether it's Jameis Winston or Andy Dalton at the helm going up against that Seattle Seahawks defense. If you had to choose between Jameis Winston or Andy Dalton, which quarterback would you rather the Seahawks see on Sunday? This answer is going to seem weird, but please bring on Jameis Winston. Bring on the guy that was the starter at the beginning of the year because for whatever reason, the Seahawks, like, it doesn't matter who's on defense. They have allergies going against backup quarterbacks. I mean, Colt Mm. McCoy looks like the next Peyton Manning every time they play against him. (laughs) They have had issues with backup quarterbacks. And then last year, they go to Green Bay, and they held the Packers to three points in the first three quarters. I mean, that's just the way this defense is. Mm-hmm. They seem to elevate their game when they play better quarterbacks. And also, Jameis Winston, his propensity for chucking the ball into double and triple coverage. Tariq Woolen has already shown that he can make interceptions. Quandre Diggs doesn't have one yet this year, but he's been one of the best in the business the last four or five years at intercepting passes. You'd like to see a quarterback that's less risk averse that's going to take those shots and give you some turnover opportunities. Andy Dalton's not going to give you as many of those. Mm-hmm. And he played pretty well last week. He's a proven veteran. And again, he's got that backup tag and the Seahawks just kind of take field days off when they play backup quarterback. So bring on Jameis Winston, the starter who throws a lot of interceptions. And I think that would be a nice asset for the Seahawks defense, considering how much they've struggled the first four weeks of this season. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see uh, where the New Orleans Saints go, depending upon the health of Jameis Winston. According to head coach Dennis Allen, that's going to be the majority of what makes the decision about how they move forward. It seems this team is still very, very much dedicated and and kind of confident in what Jameis Winston can do. I think they just need to kind of get him back to where he was last year and kind of give him the same game plan that they gave Andy Dalton last week. We saw in the last game that the or the mon- the week two game against Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Chris Olave run. 20 routes of more than 20 or or let me say of more than 15 yards downfield in that game we did not see that with Andy Dalton at the helm 
on Sunday in London. And I think that that would be something that could actually help even Jameis Winston moving forward. So don't be surprised to see a more conservative attack for this New Orleans Saints offense, regardless of who's over at quarterback. Coming up next, uh, Corbin and I are going to dive into some of the key matchups to watch in this one. We've got one on each side of the ball for each team that we'll dig into here in just a moment. Before we get to that, though, it's our pleasure to tell you about our great friends over at Elias. Elias, anytime that you've ever seen any of those wacky stats about like this person kicking from this hash mark in this weather on a bluegrass field on a Thursday in the rain, that kind of stuff all comes from Elias. Those really incredible, in-depth, wild stats that you always see from like ESPN stats and info and everything. Those are the folks that are bringing you now uh, the Elias Game Plan app, which is going to help you. Imagine that kind of knowledge going into fantasy matchups, going into betting, all of that. You're going to be able to get all of it now in your pocket from the Elias Game Plan app. I have this app. I use it every now and then to make sure that I'm dropping some nuggets here and there all throughout the shows. They also have a new chat function, which allows you to talk directly, uh, which allows them to talk directly and receive information that you need uh, whenever you need it. So it's really, really cool. Plus they have their new uh, added weekly survivor pool analysis to keep you in the game week to week in those survivor pools, which Corbin, I don't know about you. I did one survivor pool. I got kicked out the first week because I didn't consult my Elias game plan app. So take over the NFL season uh, with Next Level and download the Elias Game Plan app today. Choose from any of the three game plans that you choose to describe. You could do uh, to subscribe. You could do weekly, monthly, or annual, and you can get twenty five percent off of your first month when you choose that monthly subscription. Just use the promo code Locked On NFL twenty five two five. Use the numerals. That's the Elias Game Plan Sports Betting as well that you can find in the App Store or Google Play Store today. And don't forget to use that promo code LOCKEDONNFL25. All right, everybody, continuing on with this crossover edition, Locked on Seahawks, Locked on Saints. We appreciate you very much for being here with us and for making Locked on Seahawks and Locked on Saints your first listen of the day. Don't forget to also go and check out NFL Key Predictions, giving you all the breakdowns of everything that you need to know from the local experts that cover all of your favorite teams and all the biggest matchups. You can find that every Friday on the Locked On NFL podcast and over at the Locked On NFL YouTube page as well. And of course, you get all that betting information from the leaders in sports betting and bet online. Corbin broke down the biggest stories when it came to the Seahawks and the Saints, but what's a key matchup that you're watching for the Seattle Seahawks offense going into this game? You have some concerns about the rookie tackles as well as Charles Cross and Abraham Lucas have played going up against Marcus Davenport and Cameron Jordan, particularly Cameron Jordan, because of his physicality, his ability to defend the run, bull rushing tackles into the backfield. That's a little different opponent than what Abraham Lucas has seen off the right side. And Charles Cross, I think that's really been his biggest vulnerability so far, has been pass rushers that can win with power and speed turned to power. He's been able to handle the finesse rushers for the most part because he's a very good athlete, but he's going to have to get better at blocking against power rushers at this level, and that's really the reason he's given up three sacks. Generally, he's played pretty well. Abraham Lucas has probably been the better of the two. He's had a fantastic rookie season, but this is a matchup, even with Davenport and Jordan not necessarily having great stats here early in the season, they always seem to play well when they play against the Seahawks. And this line's been playing better than expected, but still, I think this is playing in New Orleans with that home crowd. This is going to be a very tough matchup for them. And really, 
It boils down to can those guys get the job done in the run game and in the interior, can they take advantage of the injuries that the Saints have at the defensive tackle position? Because this defense does not look like the one that stonewalled Alex Collins and Seattle's run game when these two teams met in week seven last year. And they're 20th in the NFL in rushing yards allowed. Seattle's coming off a game where Rashad Penny, who, by the way, didn't get many carries in that game last season. And he's had breakout game after breakout game since then, really playing to his potential. They've got to be able to get that run game going. And it feels like that could be an advantage for them in the interior. But Cam Jordan and Marcus Davenport off the edge, they could ruin it even if the interior blockers are having some success in the middle, opening up run lanes. Those two can wreck running games. And so that's really the matchup that I'm looking at for the Seahawks on offense. Now, from New Orleans' standpoint on offense, there's obviously the quarterback issue. But what matchup are you looking at against the Seahawks' defense where there are quite a few holes, at least statistically, what Seattle has done so far to attack? Yeah, I think that the matchup to watch for the New Orleans Saints is going to be if he's healthy and on the field. And certainly, Saints fans of the New Orleans Saints organization have their fingers crossed. Alvin Kamara versus fill in the blank. I mean, it's, it's Alvin Kamara versus the Seattle Seahawks defense. This guy has had some incredible games against Seattle, including, you know, very recently where he topped over 100 uh, total yards, a couple of touchdowns. He is somebody that hasn't really been able to get going in the Saints offense so far this season, you know, around 100 rushing yards, only 19 receiving yards on the season so far. And he's been dealing with injuries, only play appeared in two of the four games so far. So if he's healthy coming back from his rib injury and or at least healthy enough to play, the Saints had to go without him in London as a sort of last second inactive before that game. If he's ready to go, that's a guy you got to get going in this in this offense. And that's maybe one of the things that if Jameis Winston is healthy, helps mitigate maybe some of those turnover concerns, staying closer to the line of scrimmage, getting Alvin Kamara involved in the passing game, all of that. We've seen some interesting looks with Alvin Kamara already this season at wide receiver and the slot, things like that. So I wouldn't expect any of that to go away. I think he's a guy you have to get involved. Uh, and it was a surprise to see him not active last week in London. So if he's active this week and you're able to get him going, that's a huge, huge, huge one to watch uh, for the uh, New Orleans Saints for sure. Uh, looking over to the defensive side for Seattle, obviously that defense uh, gave up 45 points last week to the Detroit Lions. I don't know how much of a concern that is in terms of the explosives, but is there a specific matchup that you're going to be keying into from the Seattle Seahawks perspective to see if they can mitigate that? I'm going to piggyback off what you just said, because Alvin Kamara is probably one of the players that has given Pete Carroll nightmares. One of the few <laughs> players that's given him nightmares, because I joke about this, but it's really, this is what it's felt like watching him play against the Seahawks defense, even when they had Bobby Wagner and some of those guys that are no longer on the mm -hmm. team. It's like the Saints slather him in oil before they take the field. <laughs> and like, you just can't see it. Like it's invisible oil or butter or something. And, you know, tacklers are just flying off him. And the reason it seems like it's oil, like it isn't typical missed tackles. It's like they're missing and then flying 15 yards. Right, because of right. The <laughs> like they can't get him down. And then his underrated power, the screen game, which the Seahawks have been so bad at defending. Mm -hmm. They haven't been as bad this year in that regard, but they've been so bad at everything else. It hasn't been noticeable. But uh, they've had their issues getting Alvin Kamara down on screens. Last year's game, he murdered them in the first half with a couple of big screen plays. They couldn't get him down. So that one is priority number one. If he plays, you have got to find a way to get him down. Gang tackling, you got to fly to the football, get him down, limit his damage. 
But I'm going to go to the trenches for my other matchup that I want to mm-hmm. emphasize here because without Toronto Armstead being at left tackle, Hurst has played pretty well, at least in pass protection. Mm-hmm. His numbers look pretty solid. But Uchenna Nuosu has been Seattle's best player on defense, and he can win with finesse. He can win with power. Probably should have three sacks had one taken from him because of a penalty in the back half of the secondary last week. He's been fantastic, was a player of the week in week one and that win over Denver. I really like that matchup for Seattle, and they didn't get a lot of pressure on Jared Goff. I think Nuosu can have success against Hurst, and I like the matchup even on the right side. Ryan Ramchek is a really solid tackle, but at some point, Daryl Taylor's talent is going to match production. And these Mm. first few weeks, he just has not been able to get going. He's had a strip sack, though. He's still an elite athlete. That is the kind of guy that has given Ramchick some issues in the past. So this is a game that I actually think the pass rush can come to life a little bit on the outside for the Seahawks. The tackles for the Lions are pretty good. I think there's a little bit of a downgrade to the Saints. Not a bad offensive line, but this feels like this could be a matchup that the Seahawks are able to exploit in this road game and get some pressure on whoever is playing quarterback. Yeah, that's going to be a big, big, big one because it won't matter who's playing quarterback, right? If, if if they get to a point where the Saints are giving up pressures or losing on the outside, no longer matters who's that quarterback. That pressure becomes an equalizer uh, between you know across that conversation. When it comes to the Saints defense, I think you're looking for Marshawn Lattimore to have a big bounce back week here, or at least you're certainly hoping for it if you're a New Orleans Saints fan. Give up 100. And, well, he he gave he was a part of uh, Justin Jefferson gaining 147. Uh, passing yards last week. He also had a jet sweep run for a touchdown, dropped a touchdown pass, dropped another pass as well. So for Marshawn Lattimore, who's still top 15 in many uh, you know, crucial categories in terms of catches allowed, reception percentage allowed, yards allowed, hasn't allowed a touchdown yet so far this season, snaps per target, snaps per reception. He's still up there in terms of the upper echelon of cornerback. So there's no reason to expect that he's taken a full step back against you know, after one game against Justin Jefferson. And the fact of the matter is that there's only four or five guys in the NFL that can do what Justin Jefferson does off the line of scrimmage. And, you know, DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett are very, very talented players, but they're not that particularly off of the line of scrimmage, but they are big time bullies. And we have seen, particularly between Marshawn Lattimore and DK Metcalf, we've seen the tempers come about, right? <laughs> and we already Get saw- your boxing gloves ready. Yeah. And we already saw it, you know, earlier on in the season with Mike Evans and then he, you know, Marshall Lattimore, Mike Evans getting ejected. I don't think it's going to go that far with DK Metcalf, but these guys get to one another. So it's going to be really interesting to watch. And certainly if you're a Saints fan, you're seeing some of the big explosive plays that have been let up. The Saints have been shooting themselves in the foot with penalties. Uh, They've been shooting themselves in the foot with uh, turnovers and they've been shooting themselves in the foot with the explosive plays that they're letting up over the defensive side. And there's two very explosive wide receivers on the opposite side of the line of scrimmage. So Marshawn Lattimore and I think even Paulson Adebo on the opposite side, they got a lot of work to do uh, this weekend as they try to bounce back from giving up 147 receiving yards to uh, Justin Jefferson and then giving up over 70 to Adam Thielen as well. Can't let that happen here against Seattle because it's not going to stop at those numbers if Geno Smith gets a rolling like he did on his way to 48 points up against the Detroit Lions. Coming up next, speaking of final scores, we're going to get to score predictions here in just a moment. Can the New Orleans Saints bounce back? Can the Seattle Seahawks continue to be, and I think exceed expectation? We'll tell you why or why not as we continue on and wrap up today's crossover episode, Locked on Saints, Locked on Seahawks here, part of Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get it, everybody. We are wrapping up this crossover edition Locked on Seahawks, Corbin K. Smith is here. Myself, Ross Jackson, host of Locked on Saints. Going in through 
predictions now, Corbin. Score predictions, how you think this game is going to go. Can the Seattle Seahawks keep being that pesky team that you absolutely predicted that they would be in the NFC West preview episode that we did a while back? I might get burned for drinking the Kool-Aid because <laughs> Neil Smith had the big numbers last week against a Lions defense that it feels like a peewee league team could score points against. I mean, mm. they they have given up more points than any team in the NFL this year, but I am drinking the Kool-Aid because I have seen this offense in three of the four games. The Denver game, they could have put a lot more points on the board, and Red zone issues really were holding them back. They started to fix that issue last week. They were finishing drives. You're seeing Geno Smith in great command of this offense, and he's using everybody at his disposal. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is not necessarily me taking a shot at Russell Wilson, but he did not get the football to tight ends very often in right. this offense. Geno Smith, five of his six touchdowns this year are to tight ends, and they've got the best group of tight ends they have had maybe in their franchise history. Noah Fant, Will Disley, and Colby Parkinson have all been doing damage as receivers. They all are making an impact in the run game as well. As well, Even Noah Fant, not known for that, he's gotten much better in that regard. So just the command that Geno Smith is showing of this offense, they're getting their run game going a little bit. This is a Saints defense that has not played the run well, mm -hmm. despite how well they were last year in that category. I feel like the Seahawks can get that ground game going, and that is going to be crucial. You cannot be one-dimensional against the Saints defense. It still has a lot of talent, particularly in the secondary. You're not going to win slinging it 45 times, even with how well Geno Smith is playing. But if you can have 25, 30 attempts where he's very efficient and he's been all year, and he's got a running game with Rashad Penny, Ken Walker, the third going, you can get some pressure on defense, which, as I mentioned earlier in the show, I think they can do off the edge. If they can check those boxes, they've been able to create turnovers. They've been able to get some red zone stops, even with how bad they've been on defense. I think they're going to be able to do it. It's a very difficult place to win in New Orleans. But I like this matchup, oddly enough, for this Seahawks squad with the way that Geno Smith is playing. So I don't think they're going to put near as many points on the board this game. I think the defense is going to make some strides against a Saints team that has a lot of good talent at the skill positions, but questions at quarterback some questions on the offensive line. So I'm going to go 27 to 23. I think the Seahawks with a close win. I think they are going to go into the Superdome and get the victory. I changed my mind last week, originally said they weren't going to win in Detroit and then changed it at the last minute. I'm maybe going to pay for being this confident this early because <laughs> it's a tough place to win, but it just feels like there's something off with the Saints team. Now, maybe they'll fix it this week, but Seems like Seattle is just a couple plays away on defense from maybe figuring some things out, and the offense looks really good. I think they carry that momentum into this game. They're going to be playing with a lot of confidence going on the road again. Yeah, for me, this game comes down to who's healthy for the New Orleans Saints, obviously. And honestly, I don't really even care who's I don't. Let me not say I don't care. I don't think it matters who plays quarterback for them this week. Whether it's Seamus Woodson, whether it's Andy Dalton, I think that the offense will look the same. And I think it's going to look like what it, in terms of the play design, what it is that their approach is, their sort of the way that they sort of, you know, build around these quarterbacks, the way that they try to attack the Seattle Seahawks defense, I think is going to be akin to what you saw last week in the second half against the Minnesota Vikings. Doesn't mean it's going to be as efficient, doesn't mean it's going to be as effective, but I think that will be the game style. The New Orleans Saints, over the first two weeks, excuse me, over the first four, three weeks, over the first three weeks of the season, ran only twice for seven yards in the fourth quarter. 
this past game nine times for 51 yards in the fourth quarter. It was something like 56 to two passing attempts versus rushing attempts in the fourth quarter. They can't let that happen again. And that's a big part of why they need to start you know, getting things in rhythm early on in this game. I was very, very down on the New Orleans Saints last week. I'm still pretty down on them this week. And I don't usually think that desperation makes for good football. I think desperation makes for desperate football. But when you're going up against a defense like the Seattle Seahawks that have given up so many explosive plays, sometimes desperate football can trick you into thinking that it's good football. And I think that that will be what will happen this week for the New Orleans Saints. I think that this is a game that they desperately need. They have a very, very tough stretch of games coming up. Cincinnati Bengals, Arizona Cardinals, uh, Pittsburgh Steelers, so on. Or even before that, they've got the uh, Baltimore Ravens, the Oakland, you know, the Las Vegas Raiders. They, they have a tough schedule coming up through here. So this is a win that they absolutely need. I think that they're going to find a way to get it. And I think they're going to find a way to get it off of the back of Alvin Kamara if he's healthy. Honestly, I think if Alvin Kamara doesn't play, the Saints don't win this game. That simple. I think he's that important to the game plan this week. And so if he plays after racking up 161 total yards on Seattle back in 2019, 179 uh, last year in 2021, I think that's the route that they go against. Sorry to bring all that back up on you. I apologize. Well, and this defense uh, has been worse, so. <laughs> yeah, sure. And so uh, I, I think that's the way that, this, that the, the Saints win this game if he's healthy. And I think if they do it, I agree with you. It's a close game. Saints are averaging 19 points a game, giving up 24 points a game. I would soon sooner flip that 24 points to 19 for the Saints to win. I don't think that they cover the six-point spread that Bet Online has up right now. Uh, as they have the Saints favored heavily at home. I think that that is uh, something that they don't cover, but I do think that they find a way to win. And then we'll see what they're able to do after that. So as a quick recap here, Corbin, biggest story for the Seattle Seahawks. They got to play defense. They got to find a way to get off the field. And there were some positive signs in Detroit last week. And oddly enough, I felt more optimistic after watching that game than the week before when they gave up 27 points to the Atlanta Falcons, even though they gave up 45, there were so many plays that they were so close to making. It just feels like if they could just shore up a few things, there were less missed tackles, then maybe they've got a chance to start riding the ship on defense is what they've done the last couple of years, middle of the season. It's like a light switch has come on. Maybe they can get to that a little bit earlier this year. And maybe this can be a game that's a turning point against an offense that has some talent and certainly has the playmakers on the outside, but has struggled so far. This feels like a game where you can kind of put the nail in the coffin a little bit for the New Orleans Saints. There's some blood in the water, in the water here, so go take advantage of it. But the defense has got to be much better this week. If they can't tackle, they're struggling with run fits, Alvin Kamara plays. This is one of those games that could get away from them very quickly. Like I said, though, I, I have some quiet confidence the defense is getting close. So they, they've got to make those plays, and they got to shore up executing their run fits, making their tackles, limiting those explosives. If they can do that with the way the offense is playing right now, you got to feel pretty good about their chances to go in and get a win in a place that normally I would not say that about in New Orleans. For sure. For the New Orleans Saints, biggest story is just can they get the offense rolling, whether it's Andy Dalton, Jameis Winston playing, uh, you know, quarterback, doesn't matter. they got to find a way to make sure that they're getting that offense in rhythm early on. That has been a huge bugaboo for them so far this season, and it's cost them on the defensive side as well with the defense getting worn out a little bit late. Michael Thomas's health, Alvin Kamara's health, Jarvis Landry's health, Andrews Pete's health, all things to watch 
going into this one as well. So much for the improved injury uh, luck the Saints were hoping to have here in 2022. Uh, the matchups that you're watching for the uh, Seattle Seahawks on offense and defense are, are ones that are pretty akin to what I'm watching for the New Orleans Saints. Alvin Kamara versus anybody that dares line up across from him if he's uh, going to be the guy and if he's healthy to go against that Seattle Seahawks defense. And then for the Saints defense over there, it's all Marshawn Lattimore all the time, uh, particularly up against DK Metcalf and managing uh, that. What are you looking for? Just as a reminder for the folks, as we give them a lot of information today uh, for the Seahawks side. It's really boiling down to the tackles versus the edge defenders on both sides. Can the rookies Charles Cross and Abraham Lucas handle a tough matchup with Marcus Davenport and Cameron Jordan, both in pass protection and run blocking? They're going to need to have some wins in both of those capacities for the Seahawks offense to continue to find traction. On the other side of the ball, James Hurst at left tackle. On the right side, you got Ryan Ramchick. Ryan Ramchick's a really solid right tackle, but you've got the athleticism on the outside. This could be a game where Uchenna Nuosu, Daryl Taylor, and rookie Boye Mafe can get the job done getting after either Andy Dalton or Jameis Winston. So I think this game, a lot of it could boil down to which team gets better play at the tackle positions and which team is able to generate more pressure off the edge. You could also look at the interior offensive line for the Seahawks. Can you take advantage of the banged-up, undersized interior for the Saints? If you can do that, this is a team that has had issues stuffing the run this year in Seattle, has a couple of really dynamic running backs that could yeah. really change the way this game plays out if they get rolling on the ground. Yeah, speaking of that defensive interior for the Saints, just to add real quick, uh, since you reminded me of this, the uh, there's a chance that they actually get some reinforcements into that in defensive interior with Malcolm Roach now eligible to come off of injured reserve. We'll see if he does a name to watch because he's been – uh, pretty solid for the Saints there, and they need that help on the defensive interior for sure. Uh, coming down to predictions, we both see these being uh, pretty close games. Just a quick reminder on how you see this game uh, shaking out, Corbin. 27-23 Seattle. I think they go in and they get the road win, and I can't believe I'm saying that because typically when the Seahawks go to New Orleans, I'm not picking them to win the game, but there's just something about the way Geno is slinging the rock, the way they're running the ball, and Something just doesn't look right with the Saints team. Now, if they are healthier this week, that could totally change. Uh, but they have all those injuries that they're dealing with right now, and it just doesn't feel like the machine is running full capacity, not even close right now. Yep. Seattle is due for a game where the defense starts making some strides. I think this could be a game where it happens. They're playing with a lot of confidence. They're playing with house money with Gino. So why not for one more week against a team that's really struggled this year and they're 1-3? Why not make them one and four? I, I think the Seahawks have a good chance to win this game unless Alvin Kamara plays and just absolutely destroys them again. This could be a bug. <laughs> That's the difference maker for me as well. I love that this is a team. These are two teams with, you know, on the Saints side, an offense that's trying to get right on the Seattle Seahawks uh, side, a defense that's trying to get right. I've got the Saints winning this one 24 19. If Alvin Kamara plays, if Alvin Kamara does not play, it's an L. It's an L. One and four for these New Orleans Saints and a disappointing start to Dennis Allen's five game. Uh, sort of stretch here as the uh, as a first year head coach for the New Orleans Saints. Corbin, always a pleasure. Thanks so much for taking the time here as we uh, broke down this matchup pretty in depth. I'm looking forward to seeing uh, which one of us ends up right on the prediction and how many of these different things we're like. See, Corbin, Corbin talked about exactly that. We'll see how it all goes. Uh, but I appreciate you so much. And this was an absolute blast here with this Locked on Seahawks, Locked on Saints um crossover episode here on this thursday presented by our friends over at prize picks you can find corbin on twitter at corbin smith nfl you can get less than 30 minutes every single day breaking out everything going on with the seattle seahawks over at locked on seahawks 
Same thing for your New Orleans Saints over at Locked On Saints as well. You can follow me on Twitter at Ross Jackson Nola. Appreciate you so much making Locked On Saints, Locked On Seahawks your first listen of the day. For your second listen, go and get 30 minutes of NFL expert inside analysis from former NFL scout Matt Williamson and NFL analyst Brian Peacock over at the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show. We'll see you here again. Locked On Seahawks, Locked On Saints, proud parts Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.